What? How do you like that? It, you're like a magician. <laughs> you can turn it down a little now. All right, 2 Kings chapter 6. We're going to take a look beginning at verse 24. And as we're here, we're coming, <clears throat> we're kind of winding down uh, in Elisha's time, the time when Elisha serves as a prophet. And there is a, a unique circumstance that has taken place. Let's look at it, verse 24. And it happened after this that Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, gathered all his army and went up to besiege Samaria. Now, while we're talking about that, I want you to remember a fellow named Naaman. Remember Naaman? A couple weeks ago we talked about him. He had leprosy. He was from Syria. Ben-Hadad sent him to go get healed. He came down, visited with Elisha. Elisha wouldn't go see him. He just sent his, uh, his secretary out there to talk to him. And the secretary said, go dip seven times in the Jordan River and you'll be cleansed. Remember the story? He was mad. And Elisha didn't even talk to me. This is dumb. And he was headed home. And his servant said, well, you might as well try. You come all this way. So he goes to the Jordan River, dips seven times and comes out clean. Leprosy is gone. He's been healed. He goes back to Elisha. Well, now we're talking about the same crew. Naaman. We're talking about the same king, Ben-Hadad, or now uh, besieging Samaria. Now, I don't know if we today have a concept at all of what a siege was like then. Then the people would live outside of the city walls. You would have your, your crops, and you would have your fields, and you would have your uh, livestock outside. When an enemy came, they would sound the alarm inside the city, and the people on the outskirts would come inside the city. When they set up the seeds, all your food was outside. All Whatever you brought in was all you had. So if they could sit out there and wait you out, they could literally starve you to death inside your own walls. So the guy who just got healed of leprosy and his king are besieging Samaria. They're surrounded. The Bible goes on to tell us, look, it says... In verse 25, and there was a great famine in Samaria. That great famine is a result of the siege. And indeed, they besieged it until a donkey's head was sold for 80 shekels of silver. So roughly around 50 bucks for a donkey's head. Now, I don't know how many times you've eaten a donkey's head. I don't know how many times maybe you've even touched a donkey's head. Maybe you felt around a donkey's head before. Come on, brother. However... <clears throat> I don't know why, why we let him in here. So, <laughs> I, I don't even think I'll touch it. The th- point is, on a donkey's head, not too much meat. Lots of bone, ears, I don't know how good they would be, eyeballs, a tongue maybe. I, I have never in my life, nor will I ever, pay 50 bucks for a bowl of soup with no meat floating around in it. But the siege was so... That's not the worst part. The worst part, I hope never. They paid 50 bucks for a donkey's head, but listen to this. And uh, one-fourth of a cab of dove droppings for five shekels of silver. So they paid three dollars, three dollars, three dollars a pint for dove poo. In case you were wondering what dove droppings was, it's it's not something good. So this is the what this is the food that they're selling in the city. The city is starving to death. 
starving to death. They're choked out. Now, we don't know exactly what has happened, but here's what I think has happened, and I'll show you as we go a little further. Elisha has told the king, God's going to deliver you. Hang tight. But things are getting bad. Things are getting hard. Life is getting difficult, you know. They don't have food. They're, they're passing around a pint of dove droppings at the, at the dinner table. They're uh, hoping to save up enough money to buy a donkey's head. You know, one of the three that's left in the, in the whole town. And things are looking really bad. But I think Elisha had told the king, God is here. God is going to move. Hang tight. You ever been in that place like the rest of the city? It's too late. God should have moved before now. Because that's how the king feels. Look what it says. So then as the king of Israel was passing by on the wall, a woman cried out to him and said, Help my lord, O king. And he said, If the lord does not help you, where can I find help for you? Now this is King Jehoram. Jehoram is not a good king. He doesn't really believe in the Lord. He's quick to doubt. Uh, he spends most of his life doubting, even though throughout his whole life, Elisha is reaching out to him with the truth that God is here, that God is able. God's already delivered Jehoram three other times. One time, you remember, Elisha walked into the city with the whole army, the whole Syrian army, you remember? They were all blinded. He let them in. The king fed them and sent them out. The same guys are back. I'm sure he's sitting there thinking, why didn't I just kill all those guys? I should have killed them all when they were here the last time. Things are getting hard and this woman's crying out for him. He says, if the Lord does not help you, what can I do? What can I do for you? For the threshing floor or from the wine press? There's no food. He's, he's letting her know. He knows she wants something to eat. He's saying, there's nothing in the threshing floor. That's where they thresh the grain. There's nothing... Um, in the wine press, that's where they would have the wine. There's nothing. There's nothing around. The king is just as, as poor as everyone else in the, in the town right now. So the king says to her, what is troubling you? So she answered, this woman said to me, give your son that we might eat him today. And we will eat my son tomorrow. So we, we boiled my son and ate him. And I said to her on the next day, give your son that we may eat him. But she has hidden her son. Now, I just want you to get a picture of what the siege is like. Because it didn't just happen here. 70 AD, Titus Vespasian did the same thing to Jerusalem. And people were, now they're not killing. In this case, the first son who was eaten had died. And they ate him. The second son, she's asking for the mother to kill her son so they can eat him the next day. And she doesn't want to kill her son. And so the king is faced with this. Now the king is frustrated. I think the king is waiting for the deliverance of God that Elisha has been promising. Elisha says God's going to get us out of this. But listen, I can't. My ears can't even take the crazy things that the people are doing. Listen, listen. Those people didn't get there in the day. And maybe you've heard me say this before. This situation, this siege, did not bring evil out of the hearts of them women. That was already there. The siege just gave it an opportunity to flourish. But the evil was already there. 
So often we think, we look at people, we look at extreme circumstances and we think, wow, it's that circumstance, because of that circumstance, that this evil happened. No. That evil was in the heart long before that circumstance. That circumstance simply revealed the evil that was already there. How do I know that evil was there? What do you think these moms have been doing with their kids for the last hundred years? What do you think they were doing up on the high places? What do you think when they were practicing illicit sex and they were having children out of wedlock and they knew rather than caring for this child, I can go right over here to this altar of Molech and I can lay the baby on the altar of Molech and it's baby's gone. You think we invented that? So when it came time, when they were hungry, and it came time to do something you and I can't even fathom, they had already been making those decisions for a long time. For a long time. And King Jehoram is one of the ones responsible.
trust you. We believe you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week.